Chapter 8 Later that day, much later, after they've done the dishes in tandem to the sounds of a soft jazz playlist that Harry carefully selected on Louis's phone, picked up from the top of the tower when Louis was still sleeping, their shoulders pressed together as they swayed, Louis washing while Harry dried, they go back to the lantern room. They clean up their messes quickly, Harry blushing a little at the devastation they've caused the night before. Cushions and blankets sewn haphazardly on the floor, and mugs of tea miraculously not cracked where they've fallen off the chest. There's even books on the floor, more than just the poetry book from last night, not to mention the torch they lost in the midst of passion. Louis doesn't remember it being that messy when they left, but he had been somewhat preoccupied at the time. They're almost done with the cleaning, Louis finishing carefully, putting the cushions back on the bench when he hears the creaky sound of the door leading to the gallery. He turns just in time to catch Harry, sneaking outside the room, smiling a little when he leans on the railing with nothing but his flimsy white tee. There's already goosebumps on the flesh of his arms, Louis can tell, but Harry doesn't seem to mind, looking ahead with the ever-present pensive look on his face that Louis has come to like so much. His hair is getting long. Louis can't help but notice as the wind makes his curls dance against his cheeks. He looks beautiful in the late afternoon light, ethereal, yet not out of place even though maybe he should. The sun has started to set, bathing him in golden pink light. He looks like he belongs, like he has a beautiful as a scenery and it hits Louis in the chest ferociously like a bullet. Bang. This is really going to hurt him. Because Harry doesn't belong, no matter how much he looks like he might no matter how much Louis might want him to. He belongs in faraway cities on a gigantic stage in front of seas of people. He might not be sure if he's going to continue his career right now, but Louis has a hard time imagining he's ever going to find his way back here. Not when he has so much left to say. All those songs he's been writing shyly that are going to need an audience soon. He's going to leave, as he should, and it's going to hurt. If Louis were a stronger, wiser man, he might pick up the courage to talk about this. He might sit Harry down, establish some boundaries, discuss what the hell they think they're doing right now when he is scheduled to leave in a little over a month. But he's not. He's not a strong man. He's a foolish one, and he wants this. He wants to kiss Harry again and again, every second of every day until he leaves. Wants to cherish the opportunity while he has it, before Harry goes back to being who he was born to be. Louis knows he's nothing but an interlude. Hopefully, a memory Harry will dwell upon with fondness once in a while. A little fling special enough to be remembered. And he wants it all. He wants so much more. Louis can't even find it in himself to be upset. The thrill of Harry's touch still coursing through his veins. The euphoria of what finally happened between them. Impossible to dampen. Louis sighs as he looks at the sunset looks at Harry, looking at the sunset, seeing the ribbon of pain still coursing through him, but also seeing the strength of his character, seeing the way he's rebuilding himself, and suddenly he has to blink back tears at how fiercely proud he is of this man. This dumbass who always worked so hard and had to learn not to wear his heart on his sleeve in the cruelest of ways, but who never let it change the kindness of his spirit. This absolute, absolute complete dumbass shivering in nothing but a t-shirt outside on the gallery just to watch the sunset properly, to watch the sea. Louis shakes his head fondly before looking away, going straight for the chest and grabbing an ugly purple cardigan that came straight from hell in the 80s. Then, he joins Harry on the gallery, closing the door behind him and smirking a little at the fierceness of the wind. 
The whistling can almost always be heard through the glass, but it's truly unavoidable once outside. A powerful and overtaking sound. Louis doesn't waste a second before walking straight to Harry, carefully placing the cardigan over his shoulders, just like he carefully placed the blanket over him last night. Harry tenses for a second, less than an instant, before relaxing into Louis's body once he's recognized that it's him. Louis lets his hands slide from Harry's shoulders and now his arms, making sure the fabric is secure over him, before wrapping his arms around Harry's waist from behind and folding him, their bodies so close together there isn't a sliver of space between them. Louis scratches Harry's belly for a second while pressing a kiss on the top of his right shoulder. Then he lets one of his palms rest soothingly on Harry's lower belly, the other up near his heart, feeling the slow rise and fall of his deep breaths. Resting his chin on Harry's shoulder, Louis takes in the sight of the dramatic cliffs and the tumultuous sea beyond them, the breathtaking sunset all around. Thanks, Harry says, placing his right hand on Louis against his stomach and tangling their fingers. Thought you might be cold, Louis whispers right into his ear. Not anymore, Harry replies, and for a while they just stand in silence, watching as the sky changes, reddens, darkens, slowly. After a while, Louis smiles almost absently. That sky, huh? He says, mostly to himself, still overwhelmed by the sight of it all those years later. Still overwhelmed, even though he gets to see it every day. It's a moving sight, the world around them so majestic in ways they have no control over. Harry hums in agreement, pensive and careful as usual. I've seen a lot of beautiful things in a lot of beautiful places, he finally says after a moment of reflection. But this view, he pauses, takes a deep breath, inhales, exhales. This place is so special, he finally tells Louis, turning his head to face him. Louis tilts his head, their eyes meet and Harry's gaze softens. I understand why you fell in love with it, he adds, an emotion Louis isn't quite sure he knows how to read stuck in his throat. Then he leans forward to kiss Louis, who decides not to worry too much about it. Surely this shouldn't still feel like the first time, but Louis's heart skips a beat with trepidation all the same, with excitement, with disbelief, with a chorus of, Harry is kissing me, Harry is kissing me, Harry is kissing me, going round and round in the back of his head. He really is such a fool. They keep kissing a few seconds until Harry tires of the awkward angle, turning around so his back is pressing up against the railing, both of his hands on Louis's neck as he deepens the kiss, as he takes what he wants. It can't be very comfortable, but Louis has a hard time worrying about Harry's back when he bites into his lower lip like that. Louis groans into his mouth, one hand grabbing onto the railing for balance as the other holds onto Harry's hips fingers digging into the flesh, keeping him in place. Suddenly, things start getting heated and Louis is kissing his way along Harry's jaw, sucking into his neck, delighting in little moans coming out of Harry's mouth. Teasingly, he presses their thighs together, a hint of where he wants this to go, and Harry's hips roll as he follows Louis's movement. Oh shit, Harry says, and it takes Louis a second to realize he sounds worried rather than turned on detaching himself from Harry's neck and looking at him with wide eyes. What? Louis asks, pushing Harry's hair off his forehead and rubbing a thumb between his eyebrows, their bodies still a bit too tangled together. What's wrong? Your cardigan fell, 
Harry says with a pant, and looks down at where the offensive garment now lies sadly on the roof of the cottage. Who cares, Louis shrugs, before leaning down to kiss Harry's jaw again. She's not mine, and she's a monster anyway, he jokes against Harry's skin, biting him teasingly where his jaw meets his neck, a little nip of the skin that makes him moan. I like her, though, Harry gasps, reaching for Louis's shoulder and grabbing at them. And that makes Louis pause, leaning away as he gives Harry a calculating look. You like her? Harry raises a disbelieving eyebrow at him for emphasis. I love her, Harry insists, eyes sparkling with mischief, body relaxed against the railing, cheeks bright red and his curls messing round his forehead. I don't want her to die an orphan. They probably shouldn't be doing this up here anyway, Louis figures, though he suspects many a customer has done the same without him knowing. Still, it probably isn't the safest spot for a makeout session, as the cardigan's tragic fate confirms. But Harry's hard to resist like this, when he's joking and teasing, bright-eyed with just kissed lips. You don't want her to die an orphan, Louis deadpans, managing to keep a straight face until the moment Harry shugs coyly, then grins, dimples, and leans in to try and kiss him again. Louis takes a step backwards, avoiding the kiss with a laugh, and he keeps walking back until he's pressed against the glass of the lantern, wiggling his eyebrows. Well, he says teasingly, crossing one leg over the other. If you don't want her to die an orphan, I guess I'll just go and rescue her. So you can officially adopt her, you know. He smirks when Harry's face falls, the realization he's being denied more kisses slowly taking over his face. Well, we don't have to do that now, Harry insists taking a step forward, reaching for Louis's waist. Louis is too fast, though, agile and prepared, and he steps out of the way just in time, reaching for the door to get back inside. Delaying the rescue mission? Harry, what are you thinking? He says as he opens it behind himself. No, 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 we can't possibly do that. She's had quite the fall, every second counts. This is a matter of great urgency. He steps back into the lantern room, giggling when Harry rolls his eyes at him, huffing a little with a pouty smile. Come on, Harry whines exaggeratingly, following Louis in and then down the stairs. Don't be ridiculous, he insists with a small laugh. Ten minutes later, Louis is standing on top of the roof, with one hand resting triumphantly on his hip while the other holds the precious cardigan up for Harry to see. The sun is practically fully set now, darkness enveloping them, but it's more a principal thing than anything else. Harry is holding the ladder with two firm hands, Louis and him jacket cute and snug around his shoulders. But there's a slightly worried look on his face. Louis can tell. Okay, you proven your point, Harry calls when Louis jokingly curtsies and yells, You're welcome. She's going to make it, H. Louis shouts back instead of getting down. Don't you worry. Can you come down now? Harry asks, a tad impatient, though Louis suspects he's hiding more worry than anything else. It's dark now. You'll fall off. How you underestimate me, Louis teases before dramatically draping the cardigan over one of his shoulders and carefully making his way to the edge. Quickly enough, he's back on the ground, presenting Harry with his prize. Your ugly child, Louis jokes, wrapping the cardigan around Harry's shoulder like a scarf, using it to drag Harry's body forward. My hero, Harry jokingly swoons, easily following Louis's lead until Louis's back is pressed against the cottage wall. How could I ever repay you, he teases. Breeze against Louis's lips. Then, without waiting for a second longer, he kisses him again.
This time, they made it to Harry's bedroom, and Louis bathed in the luxury of a massive bed he never allows himself when the bed and breakfast is empty, feeling the softness of the expensive sheets on his naked skin and smiling to himself as he lays on his back, one of Harry's legs wrapped over him, where he's lying on the side next to him. Louis keeps his eyes fixed on the ceiling for a while, feeling the weight of Harry's gaze on his face but choosing not to say anything. He's still surprised at how tidy Harry's kept the room, no bags or clothing in sight. He caught a glimpse of his guitar and a pile of notebooks in one corner when they barged in a couple of hours ago, but apart from that small hint of personal belongings, everything that Harry owns seems neatly tucked away. It fits him and his careful, calculated manner, Louis supposes. The kind of man who takes a while to reveal himself and keeps his inner feelings tucked away, too. Louis smiles to himself as soon as the thought enters his mind, remembering all the times Harry has chosen to cautiously open to him, all the ways he's been honest, perhaps against his first instinct. What? Louis finally asks, sincere smile transforming into a teasing smirk in the corner of his mouth when Harry's gaze stubbornly refuses to move away. He means for it to come out jokingly impatient, but his voice betrays softness, no matter what he intends when Harry is concerned. He's always giving away so much. Nothing, Harry whispers, not moving an inch. You're staring at me, Louis states the obvious, eyes fixed on the vintage industrial luminaire above. He had worried and fretted so much over every little choice when he had first started decorating the bed and breakfast, and Louis particularly remembers some vicious fighting in his family group chat over which lamps he needed to pick to give his establishment a modern feel while honoring its history. The result is impressive, Louis thinks, when he allows himself a pause from humility, and as all does very him, every inch of the place reeking of his influence. There's something deeply satisfying for him to think about Harry making a temporary home of a place Louis curated so carefully. Yes, Harry acknowledges, without explaining himself. I am. Louis purses his lips, trying to fight off an overwhelming smile. He knows he's not succeeding very well, knows his eyes are crinkling without permission, giving him away completely. Still, he doesn't feel self-conscious, never does under Harry's attention. There's nothing about the way he's being looked at right now that makes him want to hide away. Which, for a man who has made his life mission to spend as much time as possible by himself, is no small feat. But there's something about the way Harry looks at him. There always has been. It's like he's really paying attention. Like every little tremor of Louis's face needs to be noted and catalogued. Like maybe there will be a test later and Harry needs to know it all. Like maybe he'll need to remember the specific way Louis giggles down at Clifford when he runs onto the sea at full speed and shakes himself dry, no one safe from him. Like maybe he'll need to remember the specific way Louis dances in the kitchen while he does the dishes, all bum-shaking without particular talent. Harry always looks at him like he wants every line of Louis's body tattooed onto his brain, wants to memorize every rise and fall of Louis's chest so he doesn't forget. Louis wonders if that's part of what makes Harry so special, so beloved, if maybe he makes everyone's blood boil in their veins the way he does Louis, if he makes them feel unique and important somehow. Because Louis does feel special when Harry's eyes stubbornly refuse to move away from his face. It's a silly feeling, perhaps, inconsequential, surely. And yet... Louis licks his lower lip, trying to delay the inevitable, 
But soon enough, he's unable to help himself, and he turns on his side in one movement to face Harry, trapping his leg between the both of his. He smiles when their eyes finally meet. There, Louis teases. Now you can look all you want. Harry doesn't smile. Instead, he very slowly reaches up to Louis's cheek, caressing it with his thumb, and he slides the rest of his fingers in Louis's hair. You probably shouldn't indulge me as much as you do. It tumbles out of Harry's mouth like a warning rather than a reproach, and Louis finds himself shaking his head before the sentence is fully out. I'll have you know, I think I indulge you just the right amount, Louis says seriously, before leaning in to kiss the tip of Harry's nose, delighting in the way he scrunches it. The next morning, after waking up tangled in Harry's bed, Louis's freezing fingertips chasing warmth on Harry's belly, they walk Clifford together. He hasn't gone in a morning jog since Harry's birthday, but Louis can't find it in himself to care when he can join Harry in his daily ritual instead. It's half past seven when they first make their way outside, bundled up in two layers of jumpers under their jackets. The wind is unkind this early in the morning, and Louis wrinkles his nose as they start making their way to the village. The sun won't rise for almost another hour, but the darkness won't tame Clifford's enthusiasm as he runs ahead of them on the frozen muddy path that leads to the main road. Harry is pensive, silent, the first time he's been so since they first kissed, and Louis isn't sure if he should offer more comfort now that they've started whatever this is that they're doing. If maybe he shouldn't just let him be as he usually does. When they first woke up, he assumed Harry was only half asleep, non-communicative because he hadn't had the chance to fully awake yet. But as they get closer and closer to the village, it becomes obvious he's probably having one of those difficult, moody days he has sometimes, stuck in his head and his worries. So Lurie decides to do as he usually does, decides to walk alongside him silently, silently, ready to offer a hand or a shoulder should Harry need it. When they get to the edge of the village, the red phone box, a shattered figure in the darkness ahead of them, Harry stops walking. I, he clears his throat. I know we said we'd get breakfast together and I'd call after, but I think I need to do that first, he says, pointing towards the booth. Of course, Louis nods, turning sideways to face him and reaching for his bicep. The bakery is open, so I'll just go have a tea while I'm waiting. Is that all right? Harry asks. A people pleaser if there ever was one, and Louis smiles, shaking his head. It's perfectly all right, he says, taking a step forward to kiss Harry, sliding a hand through the hair at the back of his neck while the other squeezes his bicep a little. I'll see you later. Yeah, okay, Harry says, looking down at his feet, smiling a little. Then he walks over to the phone booth and gets inside giving Louis a final look over his shoulder before grabbing the receiver and digging into his phone pocket for change. Come on, doggo, Louis calls to Clifford, walking past the booth and straight to the bakery. He watches the sky change through the bakery's front window, from complete darkness until it starts spilling oranges and reds across the world as the sun rises slowly, drinking his tea with Clifford resting at his feet. He's tucked away in the corner of the store, absently going through his family and friends' Instagrams, liking his sister's selfies and roasting his mate's stupid captions. At some point, he indulges himself in 
angles his mug towards the window to grab a picture of it with the sunrise in the background, shamelessly captioning it with lyrics from one of Harry's songs before posting it. At least, he'll be the only one to know how absolutely fucking cheesy and smitten he is, Louis figures as he puts his phone back into his pocket before reaching down to pet Clifford. Mrs. Clark tops up his tea twice while he waits, and he's only halfway through the third cup of when Harry walks through the door, a vision in Louis' denim jacket with a white turtleneck. Mrs. Clark beams when she sees him, and he exchanges a tiny look with Louis before going up to the counter to order breakfast. Louis doesn't mean to creepily stare, but he can't help the way his gaze sticks to Harry's body, observing every micro shift in his body language to try and figure out if he's still upset. As it is, he seems much looser than before, his cheeks dimpling honestly when he hands the tenor to Mrs. Clark and refuses the change. Louis looks away when Harry turns round, a couple of plates filled with pastries in his hand. No tea? Louis teases when Harry joins him at the table. Harry shrugs, placing one of the plates filled with his favorites in front of Louis. Figured you'd probably had some left to share. He says, sitting down and automatically reaching for Louis' half-full mug. Thief, Louis teases, grabbing an almond croissant and starting to nibble straight away. You don't mind, Harry says confidently, taking another sip and grimacing a little at the bitterness. Besides, it's probably your fourth or something. Not very healthy. I'm just looking out for you. Louis scoffs. Third, actually, he says, raising his eyebrows. Did you even eat anything? Harry asks, shaking his head. Would you have bought me that many pastries if you thought I had? Louis replies knowingly with his mouth half full. Harry licks his lower lip, grabbing a banana and pecan muffin from his own plate. Touché, he replies, before taking a huge bite out of it, from top to bottom, eating a third of it in one go. Louis lets him chew for a bit before asking the question burning at the tip of his tongue. Good phone call? He can't help himself. He has to come in on Harry's obvious mood shift. Before they parted, he assumed Terry would remain quiet most of the day. Might even request some time alone. Yet here he is, joking along, all smiles. Yeah, Harry agrees. He takes another tip of t- sip of tea before giving it back. Definitely. I had a lot on my mind this morning. My brain was all... He wiggles his fingers to illustrate his point. Talking it out helped. I feel great. Louis takes two last large gulps of tea before handing it back. You keep the rest, he says. I've had enough already. I'm not going to argue with that, Harry laughs, taking the mug again, placing it next to his plate. I'm glad your call helped, Louis comments, fighting through the awkwardness he's feeling. Not that I mind when you're... Louis wiggles his fingers back at him in an echo of Harry's own gesture. Warmth spreads through his chest when Harry smiles back at him, amused. But, you know, it's always nice to see those two. Louis continues softly, reaching across the table to press his thumb right where Harry's left dimple just appeared. The money makers, Harry says, self-depreciatingly. Louis shakes his head when he rolls his eyes. Nah, he replies, not saying any of the foolish things he's thinking, like the Harry's dimples are two commas of happiness etched into his skin, two small pauses of joy that illuminate his face. Don't think of them like that. Louis surprises himself by how serious he sounds. His thumb is still stroking Harry's cheek, and he should probably let go now. He doesn't know how Harry feels about PDA, 
and while the cafe might be empty, Mrs. Clark is still behind the counter, and she'll be reporting to everyone else later if she sniffs anything remotely romantic between them. Still, he can't seem to be able to let go. Harry's skin, too soft to the touch. The gesture somehow comforting to Louis. I'm just joking, Harry says, voice a bit raspy. Louis really wants to kiss him. Right, he mumbles to himself, finally letting go of Harry's face, leaning back in the chair. Of course. He grabs another pastry without looking, taking a huge bite. These are really good. Harry nods in agreement, finishing his muffin and laughing when Clifford moves toward him to put his head on his thigh. Oh, come on, Harry giggles. That was a muffin. You don't want a muffin, you goof. He lets Clifford sniff at his empty hands. He wants your attention, Louis says, rolling his eyes. Not that he can blame the dog. He doesn't care about the muffin. He's become codependent, I think. He likes you more than me, you know. He adds pointedly, pretending to be offended. Harry scoffs. Well, that is blatantly untrue, he says in a dog voice, soft and higher like he's talking to a child, before pressing a kiss on the top of Clifford's head. You love your father, don't you? He asks Clifford, grinning up at Louis when his dog barks in response. See? I know he loves me. That was never in question. Good, it shouldn't be. Harry lifts the mug, taking one, two, three long gulps before putting it down on the table and sliding it away from him. Nothing like a good cup of not made to your taste, he jokes before winking at Louis. He looks a little cocky but sweet, the combination an unbearable turn-on. Louis really hasn't been powerless all along, strung along for the ride, unable to stop the way his stomach clenches and his heart swells whenever Harry does something cute. But instead of focusing on the silly butterflies in his belly, Louis teases Harry right back. I mean, you're the one who stole it. You knew exactly what you were getting into. If you wanted something disgustingly sweet, you could have bought your own tea. Harry lets out a long-suffering sigh before tilting his head slightly. I suppose... He agrees half-heartedly before looking sincere. Thanks for sharing. Louis shrugs him off. No problem. Thanks for buying me pastries. Harry smirks. No problem. They take their time eating the rest of their breakfast, going through the absurd amount of pastries Harry purchased relatively quickly. Soon enough, there's nothing but crumbs left in their respective plates, and Louis almost can't believe the amount of food he just ate. They leave just as the bakery gets busy, waving to almost half the village on their way out. Everyone enthusiastic to see them and eager to have a chat. Louis dodges a few, how's it going, by nodding, smiling, and giving dorky thumbs up until they're finally back on the streets. Once they've got some privacy, Harry laughs a little. Gotta love how everyone is in everyone's business, he comments, obviously referring to the way people started gossiping with each other as soon as some one new entered the coffee shop, the noise level rising with each new arrival. Yeah, it's delightful, Louis says, playing along sarcastically. Actually, he amends as they walk through past the phone box and out of the village. During the touristy season, the gossip is pretty fantastic. I always end up knowing as soon as someone new arrives on the island. Super useful when people show up without reservations. Of course, all the different accommodations on the island are rarely fully sold out, so random people showing up isn't often an issue. But the neighbors still keep track of that kind of stuff. It's pretty useful, you know? 
Harry's eyes widen. Wait, he says, no longer walking, and it takes Louis a few seconds to realize it, meaning he has to jog back to where Harry is standing, whistling at Clifford not to stray too far. Does that mean you knew I was coming? That day I was waiting for you at the B&B? Did the village gossip machine warn you? At that, Louis frowns, his confusion reawakened by Harry mentioning it. Actually, he says, one index finger in the air, that reminds me. No. No one fucking saw you coming in. No one knew where you came from. That was my first clue something weird was going on, by the way, because literally I always know when someone new sets foot on the island. Yet there you were, tall weirdo pacing in front of my windows and not a single warning text on my phone. Harry smiles a bit embarrassed. Did you really think I was a weirdo? He asks, reaching for the hand Louis still has up in the air, bringing it down and tangling their fingers together. They start walking again, hand in hand, a lot less distance between their bodies now that they're mostly out of sight. Of course not, Louis replies honestly, risking a side glance, catching the way Harry's face looks pleased for a second. But I was very intrigued, and to be honest, I still am. How did you manage it? It's nothing spectacular, honestly, just a private boat hire. But how did nobody see you? Louis asks, pushing a little. I mean, I know the port isn't usually extremely busy, unless we're expecting a delivery of goods or people, sometimes both, Louis explains, but it's rarely completely deserted. Harry shrugs. I don't know what to tell you, he pouts. No one was there. I had instructions from Google Map on how to get to the lighthouse, so I just walked there. The woman who owned the boat left straight away. We were less than ten minutes, so probably just a coincidence that everyone missed us. Though it did work to my advantage, Harry admits. You didn't want to be seen, Louis guesses. Harry shrugs again, his fingers tightening around Louis. I didn't necessarily expect people here to recognize me, but it was always a risk. It wasn't really a master plan to avoid them on purpose, but I guess I did hope I was going to arrive relatively unnoticed. Well, things sure worked out in your favor. For sure, Harry agrees. I mean, hot hotelier who doesn't know who I am and has a cute dog? That's the dream. Louis laughs for a second before frowning, a little puzzled. I can't tell if you're making fun of me or not, to be honest, he admits sheepishly, still buzzing at the way Harry called him hot. Oh, I'm dead serious, Harry replies. He leans down a little, breath-tickling Louis' ear, sending shivers down his spine before adding, Your dog is really cute. Louis bursts into laughter, shoving Harry away from him in retaliation. Oh, shut up, he exclaims. While Harry starts cackling, that high, squeaky laugh that comes out of his mouth sometimes, and Louis can never get enough of it. It always sounds like it shouldn't come out of Harry's body, like he's surprised by it when it tumbles out of him, and it's a little ugly, a little imperfect. Louis wants to swallow it. There's no one around, so Louis completely defeats the purpose of pushing Harry away by grabbing him forcefully. Their bodies glide, and Louis shifts a little to align their mouths, his fingers tight on Harry's shoulders as he finally kisses him. Harry gasps a little, clearly surprised, before kissing back. Okay. Harry whispers against Louis's lips when they separate. He pecks him once, twice, before speaking again. Want to keep walking a bit? He asks, gesturing towards the small path that goes down to the beach. 
The lighthouse is in sight, finally, and Louis is tempted to just drag him back inside, push him against the front door, and unwrap him like a present, taking off his turtleneck and leaving a mark on the unveiled skin, ravishing him right there, barely past the threshold. Yeah, all right, Louis says. Let's keep walking. The day is young, and they've got time. They've got a bit of time. If Louis thinks it often enough, it might make it true. When they reach the beach, Clifford runs straight for the water, getting in and out in a second, barking at what Louis chooses to interpret as displeasure at the temperature. Harry laughs, grabbing a discarded piece of wood and throwing it powerfully ahead. Clifford takes the bait and runs for it, tail wagging excitedly, water-related upset long forgotten. How cold do you think it is? Harry asks, eyes squinting at the horizon, the way the sea stretches and stretches, the strength of the waves. Pretty fucking cold, Louis chuckles, remembering. A few years ago, when I couldn't go back home for the holidays, some of the folks decided we should do our own version of the Looney Duke for Hogamany, and it was absolute torture. Harry's face twists in confusion. Sorry, the what? he asks. Hogamany is New Year's Eve in Scotland, Louis explains. Harry rolls his eyes, bending down to grab the stick from Clifford's mouth. Good boy, he whispers before throwing it again. I know that, he says for Louis's benefit. I mean, the loony thing. Oh, it's an event, an event in Fife. On the first day of the year, people throw themselves in the freezing waters. It's mostly for charity, but also, you know, it's like you were saying, water is cleansing and it's a new beginning and everything. Harry gives him a disbelieving look, his mouth wide open. And you didn't think to tell me about it, he squeaks. We could have done it this year. Louis grimaces, shivering at the mere memory of the freezing water. The way it stabs like knives and takes over everything. Oh, I am never doing that again, he scoffs. It was, whew. He shivers exaggeratingly. I didn't know human beings could be that cold. It was like I was never going to be warm again. I mean, it was fun too, obviously, he adds, mouse turning up at the memory. Only half the village had stayed on Fair Isle for the holidays that year, all of them piling into Louis's big dining room on his birthday to share dishes everyone had brought especially, popping crackers and rallying around each other to make sure it was a memorable season. Louis had gotten drunk on Mrs. Reed's punch and had played the piano until two in the morning while everyone danced. For Hogmanay, Mr. Drummond had made a huge bonfire on the beach, and most of them had spent the entire night outside celebrating, watching the sunrise still drunk before running into the sea fully clothed under the first few rays of sunshine. Louis had been cold, for sure, but it had felt good to feel part of something. I don't think anyone did it this year, though, he adds, looking pensively at the waves. I mean, maybe Mr. Drummond. He loves Scottish traditions. When Louis turned to face Harry again, there's a determined look on his face. I'm going to do it, he declares, taking Louis's denim jacket off and handing it to him before he can protest. Suddenly, Louis just has an armful of clothes and Harry is bending down to untie his shoes. I'm sorry, you're doing what now? Hogmanay, Harry says, like that makes any sort of sense. He's putting both of his wool socks inside of his shoes, making sure no sand gets into them. Then he grabs the trainers and puts them in Louis's arms too, right on top of the denim jacket. The loony thing, he adds, giving Louis a slightly manic grin. I'm doing it. Then, 
Unbelievably, he starts walking towards the water. It's not Hogmanay, Louis shouts after him. Come on, don't be stupid, it's bloody freezing. Harry shakes his head. New beginnings, he calls back over his shoulder, taking his white jumper off and throwing it blindly in Louis's direction. It falls in the wet sand and Louis runs to grab it before it stains too badly. I'm cleansing myself, Harry yells, wearing nothing but a thin tank top and his jeans, arms spread out. You've got to be kidding me, Louis says under his breath as he watches Harry run into the water. Clifford looks up at him at the whisper, dropping the branch at his feet. This is truly the dumbest thing I've seen someone do in a long time, Louis says to his dog, scoffing when Clifford suddenly takes off, running after Harry straight into the water. Harry emerges from the surface with a shout, half triumphant, half freaked out. Bloody fucking hell, he yells, breathing like he's about to give birth, one hand pushing his wet hair off his face. I can't believe I had sex with him, Louis says to himself, watching as Harry cheers again and then starts running out of the water, various profanities stumbling out of his mouth. He's rubbing his naked arms as he runs toward Louis and takes him a moment to realize he's not slowing down. Don't you dare, Louis calls warningly, taking a step back just as Harry's body forcefully collides with his in a clumsy hug, both of them tumbling down into the beach as Louis lets go of Harry's clothes. I'm cold, Harry whines in Louis's neck, trying to hide his icy wet face into Louis's skin. The entire length of his soaked body is pressing against Louis's water seeping into his dry clothes. Get off of me, Louis squirms, trying to put distance between their bodies, but he's pinned down on the beach. Harry whines again, trying to reach under Louis's jumper making the muscles of his stomach tighten when his fingers settle on it, chasing the warmth of his... <laughs> I'm cold, Harry repeats in a sad, pitching the voice, and he's actually shivering. Well, whose fault is that? Louis asks. Body, but he still wraps his arms around Harry's body and presses a kiss on his temple. Warm me up. Harry begs with a small laugh before shrieking when Clifford joins them and starts shaking himself dry, sending drops of water everywhere. At that, Louis starts laughing and can't stop. It's not funny, Harry says, still squirming, though he's clearly laughing too. Oh, it really is, Louis says, voice high-pitched as he tries to control himself. Louis, Harry whines, grabbing the skin of Louis's hip stylely and giving his neck a tiny bite barely a nibble to scold him. It probably shouldn't turn Louis on, and he finds himself sliding his hands into the wet back pockets of Harry's jeans to stop him from squirming against him. There are goosebumps all over Harry's naked arms, his wet hair tickling Louis's face, under his jaw, his neck, the weight of him solid and comforting over Louis's body. Louis sighs before whispering, Come on, get off me. He jostles Harry's body a little when he refuses to move. H, come on. I don't want you to catch your death or something. Imagine the scandal, he jokes. Popstar's Barney, found on remote island, hot hotelier lead suspect. Harry snorts, but he finally gets up, wrapping his arms around himself as soon as he's standing. I could have planned this better, he admits, teeth clattering. You think? Louis says sarcastically, looking down at Harry's naked feet and the sand and the pieces of seaweed sticking to them. Here, he adds touching the bottom of Harry's tank top, watching the way his muscles expand 
through the now transparent cloth as he breathes deeply in and out. Take this off. I don't think that's going to help, Harry shivers. But I like your enthusiasm, he jokes, wiggling his eyebrows. Louis rolls his eyes, walking past Harry to grab the clothing he's discarded. He hands him the white turtleneck. Putting this on instead will help. Not much we can do about the bottom until we at least get home, but that'll keep you warm, a little at least. Oh, Harry says, eyes widening. Right. He agrees, taking the tank top off easily despite the way it clings to his skin. Louis barely, barely lets himself be distracted by Harry's skin, by its paler contrasted with the black of his tattoos and the way the butterfly in his stomach seems to be moving every time Harry breathes. The way drops of water are sliding down his collarbones over the gorgeous swallows inked there. Harry hands him the drenched tank top and takes the jumper, putting it on immediately. Then Louis bends down to retrieve his shoes, watching as Harry tries to get as much sand off his toes before putting both the socks on and the vans on. Finally, Louis helps him put the denim jacket back on, holding it open for Harry to slide inside, squeezing the back of his shoulders once he's done. Better? Louis asks into Harry's ear before kissing the delicate skin underneath. Yeah, Harry says, voice raspy. A little. He waits a second before admitting. Still kind of freezing, to be honest. With a small, sheepish laugh. Yes, well, that's what happens when someone jumps into the sea in the middle of winter, Louis says, turning Harry around so they're facing each other, starting to button up the denim jacket for him. No regrets, Harry says sincerely, and when Louis looks away from the task at hand, his green eyes are sparkling with something new, and there's a healthy flush on the skin of his cheeks. He's smiling wildly despite still shaking from the cold. Want to head back home? Louis asks, only realizing too late the way he slipped up, the way he called the lighthouse home, the way he implied it's Harry's too. His heart jumps in his throat, a painful throb. Harry doesn't really react, doesn't seem to think there's anything strange to what Louis just said. He just smiles and nods, grabbing Louis's hand as they walk back up to the cliffs, Clifford following closely behind. Oh, how Louis wishes that were true, that it was that simple, that Harry could call this place home like he does. Harry is properly shivering by the time they walk through the threshold. Okay, this isn't fun anymore, he says, and it's the lack of whining and exaggerated sadness that clues Louis in that he's sincerely uncomfortable now. Louis takes his coat off, throwing it into the counter carelessly before turning around to face Harry. He wraps into him into a big hug, squeezing his body tight and comforting. You're a damn fool, Harry Styles, he says, gently mocking before letting go. Harry, not one to be upstaged easily, dimples, and replies devastatingly, Fool for you. Louis rolls his eyes to hide the way it makes him blush, bending down to take off his trainers. Harry does the same before taking his jacket off and putting it next to Louis on the reception desk. I think I'll go take a shower now, he declares, passing a hand through his wet hair and grimacing. Except Louis shakes his head, reaching over the reception desk to grab the specific key he needs, putting it safely in his pocket. No, you won't, he says, reaching for Harry's hand and dragging him upstairs. But I'm cold, Harry whines as he climbs the stairs behind him. I'm going to be sick, Lou. No, you won't, 
Louis repeats, rolling his eyes where Harry can't see him. Once they reach the first floor, Louis walks past Harry's bedroom, ignoring the door entirely. But, Harry says, sounding confused as he stops in front of his bedroom. Come on, Louis insists, unlocking one of the rooms on the other side of the corridor, a small thing without a particularly nice view. The double bed stands proud in the middle of the room, the duvet-rich scarlet that stands out. The cream wallpaper has a subtle swirled textured pattern, muted but elegant. There's not much space for furniture, so the room is mostly empty, apart from a slim bedside table on the, on the right. There's a small closet that doesn't allow much space for clothes, and a door that leads to the ensuite, the only true selling point of this specific room. It's the only one in the entire bed and breakfast with a bath, making it quite a popular choice amongst guests. Louis only uses it when the B&B is empty, of course, but once in a while he enjoys a nice soak, putting relaxing music or a podcast on as he takes his time in the warm water. Louis doesn't look behind him as he walks into the bedroom and goes straight for the bathroom, leaving the door wide open for Harry to follow. He turns the hot water tap on, putting his hand underneath as he waits for it to warm up. When he looks up, Harry is in, leaning in the doorway. Oh, he whispers. I forgot this one had a bath. It'll be much nicer than a shower, Louis replies, turning the cold tap on only a little to make sure the water isn't scalding. Once he's satisfied with the temperature, he puts the plug in. Then he gets back up. Harry is still standing frozen in the doorway. Well, go on then, Louis says, voice a bit stern as he moves away from the tub and towards the window. He hastily closes the curtains, leaving them in partial darkness, the only light coming into the room from the door blocked by Harry's unmoving body. When he pivots to face Harry again, Louis can't help a soft smile, seeing the way Harry still stands uncertain in the doorway. He hasn't moved at all since he arrived, one leg crossed over the other with his hip leaning against the wall. You're going to stand there and look at me all day? He teases. I thought you were cold. Louis says it as he walks towards Harry, grabbing his arm and dragging fully into the room. He starts walking backwards with his fingers gripping Harry's jumper until they reach the edge of the tub. There's nothing but the sound of the water pouring and their breathing echoing in the bathroom. Louis smiles, a bit teasing, a bit khaki, and he takes one step forward until they're only a breath apart, sliding his hands under Harry's jumper. Smile turning into a smirk when he shivers at the touch. Louis licks his lower lip, his eyes never leaving Harry's as he pushes the fabric up, up, up. He helps him take it off completely, throwing it carelessly over his shoulder onto the black and white tiles. They stare at each other for a few seconds, goosebumps erupting all over Harry's flesh, and Louis looks down, the tip of his index caressing Harry's butterfly, and down, down, down the muscles of his stomach tightening. When he reaches the button of his jeans, the wee wastes no time on fastening it and pulling the zipper down. Harry swears under his breath when the wee gets to his knees, and all he does is help him out of the wet jeans, struggling a little to get them down Harry's thighs where they cling. Then, Louis reaches for the waistband of Harry's pants, finally undressing him completely. Without even a glance to where Harry is getting aroused, Louis gets up and turns back to the tub, turning both taps off and putting a finger into the water to test the temperature one last time. There we are, 
Louis says when he faces Harry again, chuckling a little when he sees the way he's biting his lower lip, pupils dilated. Well, are you getting in? He demands. I thought you were freezing. Harry frowns but nods, climbing over the tub and slowly sinking in. It's not very nice, you know, he says as he lowers his body into the water, his back resting against the porcelain. To work me up like that and leave me. Poor little pop star, Louis whispers, leaning down over the tub to kiss Harry a bit rougher than he should. Thumb digging into his jaw as he takes what he wants, biting Harry's lower lip for good measure at the end. It must be hard not to get what you want every second of every day. There's one word for it, Harry says, matter-of-factly, raising one eyebrow with smugness, and Louis wants, 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 wants so much. Come in, he adds, against Louis's lips, not letting him move away. Please? Nah, Louis replies. Just have a good soak, all right? I'll be back later. He kisses Harry's nose, then leans away. Lou! But Louis ignores this pleading in favor of looking under the sink, rummaging through Lou rolls, disinfectants, and knickknacks until he finds a candle and some matches buried deep underneath it all. He smiles to himself, lighting the candle before carefully placing it on top of the toilet. Then he grabs his phone from his back pocket, thumbing through his Spotify account for a playlist Harry made a few months ago titled Songs That Feel Like Silence. The first time Louis read that title, he almost chuckled, not understanding what it could possibly mean. But now that he knows Harry the way he does, Louis knows Harry cherishes the quiet the way only someone who doesn't get enough of it does. That those songs are a great comfort to him. That those songs are special. There you go, Louis whispers, mostly to himself. Now you can relax. He tells Harry, not waiting for a reply before leaving the bathroom and closing the door behind him. He goes downstairs quickly, grabbing two of his fluffiest towels and what he thinks is the script to a play before running back up. Well, 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 Louis says teasingly when he walks back into the bedroom, eyes glued to where Harry is slowly touching himself. I was going to offer to read for you, he says, showing Harry the book, but I guess you're a bit busy. Harry blinks a bit sleepily at him, his skin flushed, lips parted. I got bored without you, he says, voice even though he never stops moving his hand. Should I leave you to it? Louis jokes as he's dripping both towels onto the floor, leaving the play next to the tub not too far out of reach. He starts taking his sweatpants off, not giving Harry a chance to reply, enjoying the way his eyes follow the movement carefully, like he'd rather die than miss a second of this. Next, Louis takes both of his jumpers off at the same time, shivering a little when the cold air hits his exposed skin. Harry makes a noise of appreciation, low in his throat, something between a hum and a moan, and Louis feels so powerful, so seen, in a way he never has before. It's a rush that should feel scary, perhaps, but he can't feel anything beyond the pounding of his heart, beyond this moment now. He drops his boxers to the floor, stepping out of them and into the tub straight away. Harry leans up to meet his mouth when Louis lowers himself on his lap. He shivers a little when a wet hand slides up his back to grab his neck, Harry tilting his head a little as they kiss. 
after, once they've washed and changed the bath water, Harry leans back against Louis's chest, listening to his dramatic reading of the play. Some dark comedy about a group of gangsters in Soho in the 50s that, Harry, that has Harry in stitches. Louis does the voices, one elbow leaning against the tub as he holds the book up, his other hand spread in Harry's lower belly. He can feel it in his entire body when he makes Harry laugh, a flash of satisfaction throbbing in his chest every single time. They waste most of the morning naked, staying in the bath long after the water has gone lukewarm at best, laughing and kissing. When the play turns serious and then tragic, Harry gasps so enthralled, so in the moment, and Louis wants to bottle it. Louis wants to stop time. If he had to pick a moment to stay in forever, it'd be now. Just the two of them. No one's expectations hanging over Harry's shoulders. Just Louis's body wrapped around him, shielding him as best he can. Just two of them being goofy, having fun. But soon enough, the play ends. The bathwater turns freezing, and they get hungry. Louis dries himself quickly, putting his sweatpants and only one of his jumpers back on. Then he helps Harry out of the bath, wrapping him in a fluffy towel, letting him use the other one to make a towel turban around his hair, even though it's not long enough to require it. They separate in the corridor, Harry heading to his room to get dressed, his wet clothes from before bundled up in his arms while Louis goes downstairs to feed Clifford with a guilty conscience. He gives his dog extra treats for being so patient when Louis forgot about him, before moving on to lunch for himself and Harry. That afternoon, the weather turns sour in an instant. The sky darkens dramatically before it starts raining the way it only can in Scotland, heavy and apocalyptic. And the span between two breaths, it suddenly feels like it will never be sunny again. Wind whooshing around them as they sit on the bench in the lantern room, faces pressed against the windows as they watch the storm rise. They intertwine their fingers as the waves crash against the cliffs, listening to the pitter-patter of rain against the windows. God, it makes you feel, I don't know, powerless, unimportant. Harry whispers against the glass at some point, and he sounds thankful for it. Eventually, their attention shifts away from the storm, and Harry starts playing the guitar for Louis. Mostly covers of songs he loves, but new melodies too. Stuff he's had stuck in his head for days. Stuff he's still writing lyrics for. Even fully completed songs. Louis listens with a smile on his face and sings along when Harry gets goofy like he's on stage and starts saying things like, You sing, while he points to a non-existent microphone at Louis. They have fun.